Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. So for anyone that doesn't want me to preach longer, you know, that's Cindy, Betty, and like the majority of everybody else's fault, okay? Because <laughs> they encouraged me when I was a 20-minute preacher. They were like, you should do it more. I enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Rochelle, and she's going to preach, and you guys are going to be out of here and when she's done preaching. <laughs> I'll try to be quick today. <laughs> I do want to say, kind words that were said this morning it's um, not taken lightly and sometimes you wonder like is it worth it am I making a difference in anyone's life like you know just have all the questions and so I do appreciate the, the very kind words that were spoken um, so you maybe have wondered why does Rochelle do what she does? Probably not. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of the, I guess, the, the series that we're going through is why. Um, so we're just going to kind of talk about that today. Um, who has ever been in a MLM, multi-level marketing? <laughs> yes. Okay. Got a couple, oh, yes, Zach is the big, biggest offender of MLMs. They always get you, okay. So they're always telling you to find your why. Why do you want to sell this product? What is your why for, for doing this? You have to have passion to sell the product you're going to sell. You know, most of the time it's just to make money. I mean, let's be honest, okay? You're not super passionate about the product, but maybe you are. Maybe you're convinced that Tupperware is the way of the future, and that's it. And that's your passion. You're passionate about your why. Why are you doing it? So we started this series talking about why, and Ashley talked about sharing your testimony. And your testimony is part of your why, whether it's your family, your job, your spiritual life, whatever it is, you do the stuff you do for a reason. So last week we heard from our guest speaker talk on Psalms 23. If you didn't hear it, I encourage you to go back and listen uh, to that recording. Um, so today I'm going to start uh, with our focus scripture. Uh, it's in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It says, if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place. But you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So if you've ever heard of the story of Esther, you know it's a story of kings and queens and murder and Plots and twists and all the good things. If you've never read Esther and you're looking for a good thriller, it's only like, I think it's like seven chapters long. It's super short, so you can go listen to it after today. But I'm going to give you 
the Cliff Notes today. So the story takes place in a land far, far away with a king and a queen, King Ashuerus and Queen Vashti. The king requested the queen to come to his presence so he could show her off to all his friends. Queen Vashti refused. And so she was banished from the kingdom. I'm serious now. <laughs> so the story goes that he invited her into his presence to show her off. And she refused. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I think we could think of a few things, but she refused and was banished from the kingdom. You see, we read on that the king suddenly feels lonely. He has banished his wife. <laughs> So the search is on for a new queen to come into his life. And it go, the story goes on that they bring all the beautiful young women in, and they start the process of he, he gets to choose who his next queen is going to be. And among these young women is a girl named Esther. She was an orphan. She was a Jew. Oh, but she hid this fact for a part of the story. Um, and she was chosen to be queen. The story goes on that she, her cousin, Mordecai, um, was like her guardian at the time because she was an orphan. Um, and he um, had let her know that there was a plot to kill the king. And she, you know, the king's life is saved and whatnot. And, um, but he chose serve the one true God. And so he did not bow down to Haman. Haman was the highest official in the kingdom right next to the king. And Haman did not like Mordecai. Now, if you read the story, Haman is the evil villain in this story. So um, one night the king is reading his uh, records of the day or of like past events and he comes to the story of Mordecai and how he was, you know, was the one that told him about the plot to kill him. And the king was like, how did we honor him? And Haman ends up, you know, bringing Mordecai through the streets and giving him honor. And here all the time he's angry and he's plotting against Mordecai and he's plotting against to kill off this, the Jewish people. So um, now Haman... So a little fun fact on the side here. He came from a family lineage of people that hated the Jews. You can read in um, chapter 3, verses like 1. It says that Haman was an Agai. And if you go back a little bit further in the Old Testament, so 1 Samuel, you see how Saul was supposed to destroy this family that because of the things that they were doing to the Jews. However, Saul left King Agai. And Haman is a, is a descendant. So Haman suggests to the king they destroy all the Jews just because one man, Mordecai, would not bow down to him. So I just want to pause here for a second, though. Haman was so full of hatred for the Jews. He was willing to kill off a group of people simply because of this one man. And the king was oblivious to this in his own, that he was oblivious that his own wife, the queen, 
was one of these people. So isn't it just like the devil to come in like a thief in the night, like a weed in your garden, and enter your kingdom and plot and twist, and you can be oblivious to what's going on? I was cleaning out my garden the other day for winter, and I'm supposed to clean out all the weeds and stuff you've neglected. <laughs> so um, I had, like, this chicken wire fence around it. You know, I was going to be, like, this great gardener this year. And Anyways, I have a picture of my garden. <laughs> this is a raised garden. These are, like, two boards here. And weeds, you can see, are growing through the boards. <laughs> I neglected to clean house simply because I was lazy. <laughs> um, it's hard. It took me a while. It took my whole lunch break to get these weeds out of this board. I had to, like, take a shovel and, like, lift up the boards. And, like, I was chopping them out. It was a mess. It was a nightmare. You can show them the next picture, too. These roots had grown into the garden. They were so deep, and they were, the plant was on the outside of the garden, but the root of it was in my garden, where it wasn't supposed to be. This is my dog, Echo. If you've never met her, she's a, she's something. <laughs> but she was helping me, she's having the best time of her life, because she doesn't usually get to go in the garden, so she was helping me dig out the roots there. But if we aren't careful about what we let into our life, the advice we take, just like these weeds, the devil will creep in and take over. We better stay on top of our house and keep it clean. Clean out that sin regularly. Clean out that bitterness. Clean out that anger. Because you're going to end up with a mess. You're not even going to see it coming in. All of a sudden, those roots are just going to come into your good ground and take over. If we aren't careful, we will teach these things to the next generation. They will hold on to things because it is what they were told to do. Generations of family feuds, generations of hatred and bitterness, just like Haman learned from his ancestors to hate the Jewish people. So this is where Esther comes in. She has yet to reveal that she is a Jew. However, Haman has suggested to the king that we kill off these, this whole group of people. Um, the decree means that herself and her people will be destroyed. The story goes on that she goes before the king. Although this would have been unheard of, it would have been the death penalty if she went before the king. If she wasn't summoned to go before him, she could have been punished by the death penalty, which Mordecai is, like, talking to her, and he's like, you, you know, this decree is out. You're going to die. And she's like, well, if I go before the king, I'm going to die anyways. <laughs> so she has to, you know, decide what she's going to do in this, in this situation, this, un, this awful situation that's happening. And Mordecai responds to her with our focus scripture, and he says, perhaps you were called. For such a time as this. The story goes on that Esther goes to the king and explains that herself and her people are going to, to die because of the decree that Haman has suggested. The king is obviously upset. You know, his best official, the person that's supposed to be right there beside him, is plotting 
king to kill his own wife, the queen. And so he gets upset and ends up hanging, having Haman killed with the very gallows that Haman intended to hang the Jews. This is just the cliff notes. So you need to go back and read the plots and twists that go through the story. It's about 10 minutes is the whole story of Esther. So um, those are just the cliff notes. But you see, Esther had purpose in her life. It didn't matter that she was young. It didn't matter that she was an orphan. It didn't matter her heritage. Why did she go to the king? What was her why? To save her people, to save her family. We each have a purpose. We each have a why. And it's to point people to Jesus Christ because he is the only one that can save us. He was the ultimate sacrifice for our sins on the cross. He died and rose again because of his love for us. There was a time when I was much younger. Surprise, I was younger at one time. I had been hurt in a situation to the point where I had rushed off to the bathroom before the tears started to fall. But by the time I got to the bathroom, I was completely broken, completely crushed by the situation. I'm not talking like a few tears that fall. I'm talking like ugly crying. The ugly crying you don't want anyone to see where the snot's coming out and you're like, you know, you're looking ugly, okay? <laughs> I remember my pastor's wife at the time. She walked in behind me and she, she just hugged me. I don't even remember if she said anything at the time, but she held me in that moment. She made a difference in my life in that when I felt like no one cared, she showed the true love of Christ. When I questioned everything, she was there to show the love of Christ. When, when I talk about going through the valley, last week we talked about going through the valley of the shadow of death in Psalm 23, the darkness, that's where I was. I was in a dark place. Times I didn't even know the words to say. She would come and sit by me and just hold my hand and hug me not knowing the situation, not crying, but just loving me where I was at. Now, I'm not, talk, I'm not here to talk about that hurt or that situation that's in the past has been forgiven. And can we just pause here for also a moment? Yes, I have been hurt by people. Yes, I have been church hurt, but I have also been the offender. I have also hurt people unintentionally. Yes, I had to forgive, but I have also had to be forgiven. I am not perfect, and neither, I would say, most people in this room, nobody is perfect. In Matthew, it talks about, in Matthew 6, it says, if you, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Forgiveness is important. Work on it because it's going to turn to bitterness. Before it festers in your mind and in your spirit and it turns into a weed in your garden that won't budge and those roots are so deep you can't pull them out, work on it. Work on that forgiveness. It's a hard lesson. I had to learn it and it's hard. It's not easy to forgive. But because I realized I needed ministry to and that person knew they had a why. 
I'm standing here today. Why do I care? Why do I love? Why do I go out of my way? How can I not? When Jesus Christ died for my sins, he loved me when I was unlovable. A pastor wife loved me when I was unlovable. In a dark place, she reached out to me and prayed for me. This was not meant to embarrass my friend. I asked if I could share this picture, this next picture you can show. This is one of my wives. You're one of my wives. I will always go out of my way to pick you up because you matter. You matter to the kingdom of God. To see them worshiping in the house of the Lord matters. They aren't going to learn this at school. They aren't going to be taught about Jesus in school. But this matters. They matter to the kingdom of God. Because souls are my why. Because souls are in need of being reached. I can't reach everyone. I try to show the love of Christ. But if I can just touch one person's life, it is worth it to me. If I can see one person in heaven that I know, it's worth it to me. It's worth my time to teach a Bible study. It's worth my time to pick up someone for church. It's worth my time to teach Sunday school. Because if we don't, who will? Just like the weeds snuck into my garden, the devil will sneak into our lives, our homes, and our city. Our city needs a church to know why we do what we do. Are we willing to share the gospel to those that are hurting? Are you willing to pray on a Saturday night for those that are in need? Are you willing to teach a Bible study? Are you willing to go out of your way to show the love of Christ? Perhaps you are in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, for such a time as this. Perhaps you are at New Hope Church for such a time as this. Perhaps there are other Rochelles in this city that need to know that Jesus loves them. I'm not perfect. I mess up. I hurt people unintendedly, but I keep trying my very best to show the love of Christ. I keep pulling weeds out of my life so I can bear the fruits of the Spirit. If you're in this place today and you feel like you're in the valley or if you feel like you're in a dark place and you need ministering too, we are happy to pray with you. If you want to step out and come and be prayed for, this is the time. But if you want to pray in your seat, I encourage you to pray and seek God. Ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Can you minister to someone else today? Lord, I thank you, God, for all that you've done in my life, for all that you're going to do in this city, for all that you're going to do in this church, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory, God. I pray that you would touch every individual here, every situation that's represented, God, that you would minister, that you would move in the lives that are here today.
Your why in ministry has got to be bigger than any obstacle that will ever come. What God wants you to do in, in your life, what God wants to do in your life is already bigger. But you've got to begin to believe that what God wants to do in your life, that he loves you, that he cares about you. And you know what? It's not even just about ministry. But if your why you serve God is small, every obstacle that comes up will be bigger than your reason why you serve God. So give it a big reason why I serve God. Look and examine yourself this week. Why do I serve God? Why do I go to church on Sunday? What's the, what is the purpose? Why do I even do it? If you don't have a big why, it's easy to trade it for another why. If you don't have a big one, it's easy to trade it. All those MLMs that I was ever a part of, I never had a, well, I did have a couple whys. It was because I wanted to make a bunch of money. Those little things that they told me, <laughs> great idea. I'm like, this is going to, six months, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> Still not. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody's been a part of an MLM at some time. They're fun sometimes. <laughs> but if you don't have a big why, you ain't going to do it. My why was never big enough to do that. Because you know what my why was, what I really wanted to do, I really wanted to serve God. I really wanted to be involved in ministry. And the way I looked at it was like, well, maybe this will provide an opportunity where I don't have to work as much. But you know what? I would rather be in my community working and be a part of my community because my community is my why. I got a big why. I got to have a big why. I got to have a big vision for what God wants. I've got I've to believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. I got his power. That's what we look for is what he's got in our lives. Let's pray as we close today. God, I thank you for meeting us here today, God. God, I pray that as we leave this place, God, that we would examine each of our lives, God, that we would look for that why. Why do we serve you, God? Why do I want to be involved in ministry? What is the why, God? God, I pray that you would touch each of us, God, that you would comfort us as we leave this place today. God, I pray that your peace and love, God, would follow us all the days of this week, God, all the days of our life. God, I pray that you would touch us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Greet someone. Tell someone hello. Give someone a high five. You're glad to see them.